Welcome to another edition of Len's Burning Bush. I am Len Harvey. Before I bring on my guest for the week, I want to talk about what's really burning, or in this case, buzzing my bush this week. So in 1986 or so, the movie Lucas was out. And in the movie, there was a few memorable lines and scenes, one of which was, don't throw it to Bly. The movie starred Corey Haim, the late Corey Haim, and a young Charlie Sheen, Winona Ryder, Jeremy Piven, a lot of stars, and Carrie Green, who in the movie played Maggie. Now, in the movie, Lucas and Maggie speculate as to where they were when the locusts. Now, they screwed up a little bit in this movie. They're not locusts. They actually really meant cicadas returned 17 years later. Now, both expressed the hope that they will still be in touch when the locusts return again. Of course, every time the cicadas come back, I think of this movie. So it's time again where everybody freaks out. The cicadas are coming. The cicadas are coming. Some areas already are seeing cicadas emerging and molting, while other parts are still waiting for the shoe to drop. So I figured I would try to educate everyone on cicadas, what to expect. So I started doing some research on some articles, and I found one on WCPO. And here are some of the frequently asked questions. You know, when will they arrive, right? So depending on where you live, they should be already crawling up from the ground. Now, citizen scientists are reporting the emergence of the brood X cicadas happening right now. Now, interestingly enough, back in 2004, there wasn't an app for that. But of course, in 2021, there is an app for everything. So there's a cicada safari app. Yes, an app. And it shows thousands of reports from people spotting cicadas in their own yards. Now, some of the places seeing the most reporting of them are around Washington, D.C., Bethesda, Maryland, Knoxville, Tennessee, and Cincinnati, Ohio. Even places as far north and west as Detroit, Chicago, and St. Louis have had sightings. So if you live within those areas and haven't seen them yet, just wait. They will be coming. Now, we want to know, of course, how long they're going to stick around. Cicadas will emerge in phases throughout the summer, but once above ground, they only live for a matter of weeks. And according to the Cincinnati Zoo, all cicadas should have emerged and gone through their full above-ground life cycle by Labor Day weekend. So that's good news. It'll be done by the end of the summer. Now, here's some good news. Now, despite their volume, generally cicadas are harmless to animals and humans. So that's good news. Due to their reproductive process, however, they could pose a risk to some trees in your yard or nearby park or forest. Uh, in areas of high concentration of cicadas, they can cause cosmetic damage to trees when they lay their eggs on their young tree branches. Again, according to the Cincinnati Zoo website. Now, let's get back to the app because I'm sure you're so interested in how I can get the cicada app because everybody's already putting their pictures on social media. They saw a cicada. Oh, my goodness. You know, we've got to get the pictures out. But here's an app. If you join the, Cinc the, the Cicada Safari app, you can help map the 2020 emergence of the periodical Cicada Brood X. Simply download the free app from the Apple App Store or Google Play. Then you go to Safari to find periodical cicadas and you photograph and you can submit it. Everybody gets all excited that, that you can do it. And once the photos are verified, they'll be posted to a live map. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be so exciting. C uh, Cicada Safari was created by Dr. Gene Kritzke, working with the Center for IT Engagement at Mount St. Joseph University in Cincinnati. So that's uh, big news. Cincinnati gets a little bit of credit for that. So enjoy all of the cicada stuff 
that's going on. People are having cicada parties. They're having all kinds of stuff. So let's plan on where we're going to be in 2038 when the locust, I mean cicadas, when they come back again. With that being said, it's time to bring on my guest for the week. She is a life adventurist, a podcast host of not one, but two podcasts. First, the life adventurist, or number two, the Holistic Life Podcast with her husband, Jay. Let's welcome Jenny Holla. Holla to you, girl, to Lens Burning Bush. How are you? Holla, what is going on? Oh, my gosh. So the cicada thing, I have to speak to that because um, we also work in the wedding industry. And we're on a list um, of a company who does, it's the OFD Collective, and they send out uh, different PR opportunities for the people on their list. And one of the opportunities that came was to speak to cicadas and how to have a wedding during cicada season, which is not our expertise, but it had me chuckle because I haven't lived in Ohio for over 10 years. However, I did have a period of my life. I remember, I don't remember exactly how old it sounds like it was. It's every what, 16 to 18 years. They come yeah, 17 years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 17. Okay. So you said 2004 was the last one. I was trying to do some quick math to see how old I was, but I do remember a cicada season in Ohio and they were just loud and I was a kid. I mean, it was just bizarre and I totally forgot about them and I didn't even realize it was a year for cicadas. And so even though I still have a lot of friends in Ohio, they haven't showed up on my social media feed yet. So I can't wait to see my Ohio friends posting these because I just remember now as a kid, everything's different, right? I remember them being really big and really loud. Is that accurate? That is very accurate. They're very big, very loud. And I didn't know much about cicadas growing up either because I grew up in New York and it wasn't a thing. But then when you watch the movie Lucas, and that's what makes me think of it, Corey Haim talks about the, the locusts. And they, and they write in, in it, you know some, some errors in the movie. They talk about that it's not locusts, it's actually cicadas. And I actually remember that. And then when I moved to uh, Cincinnati around 2003, 4, you started to see the cicadas. And yes, very loud. And all of a sudden, what the heck is that? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just kind of interesting. Now, where I live now in Kentucky, we live in a newer um, subdivision that was created around 2003-4. So I'm not seeing it yet, and mm -hmm. I don't know if we will. I mean, maybe because I don't remember it being that bad the last time either, but I don't know anything. But think about this, though. 17 years ago was 2004. There was no iPhones in 2004, right? Think about where you were. I mean, imagine, I actually saw a meme uh, this week. It was kind of funny. I, wait, I you know, this, it's a cicada, and it says, it's been 17 years, and the Bengals still haven't won a postseason game. That was the, kind of a funny, <laughs> funny thing. But think about sleeping for 17 years and waking up on what that actually does because, you know, it's kind of like the Rip Van Winkle uh, story. But 17 years of sleeping, and you wake up, and it's 2021. And from 2004, you know, things are a lot different, right? Right. Oh my gosh. That's, I, that's so crazy. Now I'm going to have to go Google what these things look like. Cause it's been such a long time. Or once again, check my feed for my Ohio friends. Now they're scattered throughout like Fairfield, Hamilton, Westchester, Mason, and even up to Dayton. So I'm not sure which areas are going to get it. It sounds like it's a widespread, but I, oh my gosh, I can't wait to hear all about it. I know. It. And I've been seeing it. It's like everybody loves to take pictures of everything. They take pictures of their eating. They take pictures. It's it's like, what did we do before there was a, a phone that had a, a camera on it? I just don't understand why everything is a photo opportunity because I, I've talked about this 
on my episodes and things that, that burn my bush. And one of it is nobody remembers anything anymore. You don't remember your um, cell phone numbers. Like, God forbid you get arrested. You, you would never be able to call somebody because you wouldn't remember the phone number. I was watching an episode of Blue Bloods, the, the season finale, and they showed him, uh, they showed a, a payphone, which is kind of shocking, but they actually showed a payphone and he called the number and all of a sudden, you know, it was right there and Tom Selleck answers, right? It, but what's interesting is how in the world did he remember the number, right? Because you put <laughs> it into your cell phone and you forget about it, right? You don't know what it is. Yeah. But getting back to the pictures, in your mind, your mind is a picture, right? You, you take pictures in your mind and you remember it. But when you just behind your phone all the time, you don't remember the actual events. So when you look at your phone, even a year later, thank goodness Facebook does those memories one year later because you're like, oh, did I take that picture? I, I don't remember that. Like, but I used to remember everything because you would live it. But now it's everything is behind that, that phone. I mean, what are your thoughts of that? You know, I'm, I'm torn on this because of the nature of our business. We are a lifestyle adventure wellness business. And so we recently sold everything and we're on this nomadic trip. And we actually are documenting our experience. So there is a lot of camera and there is a lot of capturing of what that is. But I've also been capturing a lot of my experiences for many, many years through the phone, through the phone, right? And yeah. previously it was a digital camera. And, um, you know, I, for me at least, because I love nature and I love being outside and I love the travel aspect, I still am being intentional about making sure that I'm capturing those moments and capturing that experience so that that way I can remember it on a, on a totally different level, like an emotional level and, and on a spiritual level and things like that. And not just from the picture, because I think sometimes there's a lot of people who are just like going through life and going through the motions and going so fast that they're not pausing to appreciate what's in front of them. And you know, everything's so microwave. So I think it's a combination because I, I feel like, yes, well, it can be annoying to be like, hey, babe, get out the camera because we've got so many cameras. We've got the GoPro, we got the camera on the head, we got all the things. But for our business, it makes sense because it's showing what's possible. And also we're on the trip of, trip of, trip of a lifetime so we can go back and reference these videos and these experiences in a whole different way. So that's one aspect. And I'm going to add another aspect because I also did a study abroad in college and I lived in, I lived in Wales and I went to college at Trinity College as an exchange student in Carmarthen, Wales. And I was there for whatever, three and a half months for a semester. And that's back when it was film for the cameras. And so I took a lot of pictures and let's see, that was in 2004. There you go. Yeah, 2004. The, yeah. <laughs> There's another tie. And so I was back in Wales and I took all the pictures, but because you know, the roll of film was $4 and then you, you pay or whatever you paid to get it, um, developed, developed, and they would give you another roll of film film for free. I was also very mindful about what pictures I took, but I will say that at least for me, my memories are through those pictures on that trip. I don't remember the in-betweens as much. I remember through the pictures. So I think that it's got kind of both ways because I, I probably have, three albums worth of pictures from that trip, maybe even four albums. But like I said, I just remember from the pictures, not necessarily outside of the pictures. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think you, you have to have some 
you know, semblance of pictures, but I think you can't live your whole life behind the camera because it's kind of like everything else. Like I said, you put your numbers into this computer, into a phone, and then you don't remember it as much mm-hmm. after it, it kind of what you brought up, uh, what's right in front of you to stop and smell. So I, I, I don't know if you remember, but this is going back probably about five to seven years ago. I don't remember exactly because time just flies, but the Pope had visited uh, a lot mm-hmm. of the areas, right? And, and I remember seeing in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, there was the Pope had, had visited and there were people taking pictures, but they were all behind. The Pope was right in front of them and they were behind their phone instead of in, just kind of t- taking in the moment. So that's mm-hmm. what I meant when I said, because I've had yeah. situations where if you sit there behind the phone and take a picture like at a baseball game and somebody makes a great play, you're not going to remember it as much as you if you actually watched it and and put it in, in your brain, right? That That's the way I, I like to yeah. think of it. So that's where, again, getting back to the pictures on social media and the cicadas, we're going to see a lot of that because everybody wants to make sure they, they document everything. Now, I like your trip. Uh, I'm interested in it because I've actually, uh, I started, uh, my wife and I started to take up motorcycles recently in the last year. We're, we're, we're learning to ride. And I've been following a lot of people on YouTube because they, they have interesting content. And you talked about the GoPro and documenting. There was this couple from England that actually uh, filmed their entire trip on, on motorcycles throughout Europe. And they took amazing photos. And they had the GoPro. They actually had a drone, too. Do you guys have a drone? Wow. We do not, but I, 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 can my husband hear you? Because that yes. will probably be the next thing that arrives at the front, at the front door. Jay, Jay, you need a drone, okay? That is the next step in the, to make it even better. Because that will take right. the pictures and you can live it. I think the drone is the way you could do both. Yeah. See, there you yeah. go. It's always filming for you. But anyway, they, they film, you know, and the beautiful pictures of Europe, I was like fascinated. And of course, they're on Harley Davidson's, which made it even better. But it was just, oh, nice. it was just amazing. So I, I like that, that you, you're doing this because, you know, remember it because who knows, you know, you know, you look back in 10 years from now and you'll say, you know, I did this trip and you'll always be the, the topic of conversation at a party. You'll be, you'll be always be able to tell that those great stories of the trip in addition, right? Yeah, definitely. And you know, you know what else is really cool is my husband started building a Google Earth documentation of what we're doing. So it's kind of like a little mini slideshow. And and part of this trip, the things that are really important to us as far as activities are riding our bikes, paddle boarding, and I like to call it hiking. He likes to call it walking. But those are the three activities, and um, we've got them color-coded in different colors, so that way, you know, we're, we're just at the beginning of the trip, but just imagine after six to 12 months, it's going to be all these experiences that it will be very easy to forget some of them, even though they're all so magical, and I definitely have experience with forgetting experiences because I did spend about five years being a national sales rep for a dental lab, and I traveled all over the United States. I was flying. I was probably gone three to three and a half weeks out of the month, traveling around coast to coast. And most of the time, I didn't know what city I was in or what city I just came from. And I I am someone who loves to get the most out of an experience. Like I'm not the typical corporate worker who goes to my hotel and sits at the hotel bar and works all night. Like if I'm somewhere, I wanna get out and hike in the morning and explore or go to local networking events or go play volleyball with the locals. I like to integrate some of that into what I'm doing 
but still when you're gone all the time and you have all this, you know, heightened, you know, like excitement, all these things going on, it's always a new city. It's always a new place to eat. It's always something new to see. It can be very easy to forget some of the experiences because it's just a constant, you know, thing going on. So I'm glad that I had that time on the planes and on the road because now, and it is very different because I was also higher stress then. And so I tended to forget things because when you have so much in your brain and you have so much going on and you're moving at a very fast pace because I'm an A-type entrepreneur. I could tell and, that. I could tell that. Worker. <laughs> yeah, very A-type. I mean, that's the clients we work with too because like a lot of our clients are like, go, go, go. And that's that's exciting for us. But when I stopped, I didn't realize how much I missed. Like I remember sitting at my parents' house and I was like, oh, wow, when did you guys get that? picture over there and they're like oh, we've had that 800 years and I'm like oh I've never seen it like little things that you just miss completely <laughs> well I know I've been there with you I mean I've done the same thing I, I've been traveling for work and this whole last year of course not traveling is kind of you know you're stuck in the house and I, I missed the day see I was the one who would sit at the hotel bar now I wouldn't work but I, I kind of missed that experience of sitting by the hotel bar by myself I got to admit, that would be would be a fun thing uh, now. And, and it's going to start again, which is good. We're going to start traveling again. But, it, yeah, I agree with you. You get into a city, and maybe I take in a baseball game one night, or depending on where I'm at. I've done, I did that in Milwaukee once. I went to a, uh, a baseball game one night. I'm like, where am I going for dinner? I just said, you know, I'm going to the ballpark. I had a brat and a beer. So that was nice. kind of, you know. So those are the type of things, you know, traveling, that's great. Uh, obviously, I've, I've been to Vegas for work a lot. But when I go for fun, it's a lot more like I just feel like mm -hmm. when you're going for work, I always have that. You talk about a stress level. There's always that back of your mind that you got a meeting to go to or whatever. And it just takes away from from the experience. But the fact that you're hiking and doing all that, well, I give you a lot of credit for that because I couldn't um, I couldn't do that. I, I, I have to just kind of sometimes I just go back to the room and go to sleep because it's kind of interesting. But you are a life adventure. What I, I find interesting is. A life adventurous. Why don't you explain a little bit of what that was? Because, you know, the fact that you can go ahead and hike and do these things, for me, roughing it would be getting a hotel with no Wi-Fi. I'm not really that good out in the open field and all that stuff. So tell me about that. To me, a life adventurous is someone who is really living on purpose and looking for different ways to enjoy like this experience we call life. Because so many people, and I've, I've seen this since I was a little girl. I mean, I remember back when I was 15, 16, and, and my mom is really young. She's only 20 years older than me. So she was my age now, wow. okay, coming home from work and really just being so stressed out and so worn out from her day. And I remember asking her and saying, Mom, like, if you don't like what you're doing, why don't you find something else? And her response was just one of like, there's nothing for me like this is a I don't have any other options just like a like one of those type of responses and I just remember thinking in that moment that I never want to be in a situation where I don't love what I'm doing or I'm not enjoying and living life to the fullest and of course there's lots of different nuances to that because I know that I can sound very like head in the clouds with a statement like that um, but that's really what it is is like I've always lived my life by design and looked for ways to be able to find the amazing moments and find those experiences that enrich me. And so for me, 
it means, you know, the hiking and the adventure and seeing the mountains and doing stuff like that. But for others, it's like, what is your life adventure? Like for you, if you want to go check out all the ball fields while you're traveling, then you are a life adventurous by just getting out of the norm. It's getting out of that hustle. It's getting out of that, you know, what one of my mentors who I really love, Vishen Lakiani, the creator of Mind Valley, he talks about the culture scape. We're all just in this culture scape, and there's a lot of these things that we just do automatically without questioning them. And so it's like just getting out of the norm and doing things a little bit differently and not just doing the things that you're expected to do. Now, I want to get in, I'll get into some of the things of your company and everything like that, but I, you brought up a point. It just kind of all of a sudden my brain went in, and you talked about doing things differently. Matthew McConaughey, the actor, I don't know if you saw mm-hmm. this, but he is now, all right, all right, all right, he is apparently yeah. wanting to run publicly for governor of the state oh, of Texas. Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, the Academy Award winning actress, uh, actress interest goes a step beyond further than just musing in interviews. He's been quietly making calls to influential people in Texas, uh, according, you know, some CEOs and everybody to get a run for the governor of Texas. So getting out of your comfort zone sometimes is, is a good thing. And Matthew McConaughey, he's a good actor, right? Um, won an Academy Award, right? And now he, mm-hmm. he's running for go- governor. Of course, we've had people. We had Ronald Reagan was an actor. We had so it, it apparently does. You know, requirements for politics have Fred Grandy, who played in, uh, I believe, in the Love Boat. He was also a, I believe, a senator or you know. Uh, so it, it seems to fit, I guess, when you're in the public eye, that that would be the next step, I guess, politics. But uh, Matthew McConaughey. So I thought that was kind of yeah. He has a, a book he just released not that long ago called Green Lights that we listened to on Audible. And he is, I did, I did never really like followed him. I knew who he was, but I just was blown away by how interesting of a person and with life experiences that he has. And his book is really fabulous because he reads it. It's not someone else reading it. And so you get even like his, his essence and vibe, but you know, talk about life adventurous Matthew McConaughey is even what I would even want to aspire to be as far as the different experiences that he's had because it's like he's had so many different experiences that have helped mold who he is yeah and very unique different ones and not always the same and not always you know like definitely if, if you like Matthew or if he inspires you I would encourage you to check out his book because it's it's a really good it's a really good one. Yeah, it seems to be. I mean, everything he's been in, I I, I enjoy him in. He's very good, you know, at what he does. I love the all right, all right, all right. I mean, I I do I do like that. Now, since you are a little bit younger, you probably grew up with the show Friends, correct? Did you watch the yes, show? Yes, I was not an avid watcher, but I am aware of it. So you do know? Uh, could you be any less? You know, the anyway, the friend Friends uh, is coming back. There's going to be a reunion. I didn't know if you knew that. But no, I didn't know. You got to get see you now you're living kind of off the grid a little bit. But mm-hmm. eventually when you get back and you have HBO Max, you can watch the Friends reunion. It'll be on the 27th of May. So I don't know if you'll ha- be able to do that without good Wi-Fi. Right. You'll have to, have to make sure you get good Wi-Fi. <laughs> we should have good. We should have good Wi-Fi by then. We, we leave for our next spot next Tuesday. Good. And we're going to be like right now we're we're like what I consider more rural. And, you know, I'm I'm thinking that a lot of the listeners are from Cincinnati. So like for me, like Ross is kind of rural Okeana, yeah. you know, that area. So it's kind of like that where it's like what I consider, cause I grew up in Fairfield. So that's the burbs. So what I consider a little more rural, but we're like 10 minutes from everything. So it's like, we're close, but not really. And we're on seven, someone's seven acres of property and a barn behind their house. 
Wow. So it's just like, you know, a little spotty connection, which is kind of, you know, makes it challenge. We were watching a movie couple, uh, last Friday and we had to move to the iPad because yeah. it kept like, kept like doing the circle thing. Yeah. It's, uh, I, you know, it's funny. Uh, I experienced, you know, internet for the first time in, in the 90s using a modem, right? Uh, that yeah. was probably 9,600 baud, which nobody understands anymore. But, you know, when you barely can, you know, when you're making a phone call, so you have dial-up internet. That was the yes. day. Now it's yes. like if it's not immediate enough, it's not it's not fast enough. Come on, work, work, I know. Get, it, get it quicker. We had a Commodore 64 with the floppy disks. Wow. And then, of course, had AOL with the dial-up or whatever. Yeah, I think I still have some of those disks around somewhere. The oh AOL, the free, free AOL uh, for if anybody still remembers that. But the Friends reunion, uh, I'm excited for, uh, for it to come out. I'm going to watch it uh, on the 27th of May on HBO Max. But uh, interestingly enough, uh, Friends was on for about 10 years. They haven't really been together. I think Phoebe brought up, uh, Lisa Kudrow brought up the fact that uh, they haven't been in the same room for like, you know, 17 to 20 years or something like that. So it's kind of interesting wow. how, how to uh, I think a lot of reunions are happening uh, because, again, TV, they can't figure out. Um, kind of new content so they're just going back to the old stuff like full house and all these yes shows. i saw the Punky fuller Bruce. house i don't yeah. i can't do fuller house no i actually weird. liked it I'm, I'm it's one of my Did you? Uh, yeah it's one of my guilty pleasures i i like full oh. house and i like fuller house i watched it and you know i just i, I find it interesting uh to watch <laughs> it now you and your husband came up um with a company so uh, i find it great to be able to to work with your spouse now i'd probably kill my wife if i had to work with her so how <laughs> do you get i mean i've had uh sheree palello and mike dardis have been on and they work together i mean they're on the air in cincinnati uh news and they they work together all the time you wake up in the morning that you know you go to work together you drive in the car together you do everything together but you guys you know you created a company together which is uh, incredible. Uh, the co you're the co-founder of 2J Hala. That's 2J H-O-L-L-A with your husband, Jay. Uh, and you co-host the Holistic Life podcast and the Life Adventurous podcast. I can't even do one podcast and you're doing two. I don't understand that. <laughs> well, we, we, to speak to the podcast thing, we are part of an amazing podcast network called Say What Radio Network. And so literally all we have to do is press record and then their team takes care of the rest of everything. So we are glad to be a part of that network because without that, we probably wouldn't have these podcasts either to be able to do that. And the Holistic Life podcast is Jay and I really just talking about different life things. Um, we banter back and forth. A lot of people like, like our shenanigans together because every opening is kind of different. Um, I am the go, 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 A-type entrepreneur. Jay is like the chill Zen ninja. And so we bring like a nice balance, like a yin and yang balance, which is also, you know, yin and yang in our personalities, but also in our color. You know, I'm white. He's African-American. Like there's just so many factors that we bring to the show. So it's a nice, it's a nice listen if you're into, you know, wellness and lifestyle and stuff like that. And then the Life Adventurous podcast is like my personal playground where I get to explore things that are a little bit more woo-woo and holistic. And so, for example, right now, the series, the season that's going on right now is on the chakras. And so getting a little bit more into that, I have uh, different guests come on who speak about the chakras. So two different little playgrounds for us with the podcast. Now, I also saw with the wedding wellness experts now exactly what what is that 
like because are you helping people get married uh, or you're, you're doing stuff with them? I mean, because marriage is a tough thing, right? It's it's you know you it's it's one of the hardest things. So uh, they say sixty percent of all marriages end in divorce, and the other forty percent think about it. So explain to me uh. how <laughs> how you do this. Yeah. So in the wedding industry, what we see a lot is we see an industry of a lot of professionals that are taking care of everybody else. So you have the wedding planners, you have the photographers, the caterers, the, you know, every aspect of the industry that's really focusing on, you know, the couple who's getting married. And they are so go, 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 because once it is time for the wedding or the event, you know, they're usually working 10, 12, 14, 16 hour days, back to back days. And so a lot of them forget to take care of, all, to take care of themselves. And in the industry, there's so much of the content that's like how to grow your business, how to price your business, how to be successful, how to get the right clients. Like it's all business related and nobody is talking about how to take care of yourself. And so for that industry, we really work with those A-type entrepreneurs to help them not only with their, their mental wellness, their emotional wellness, their physical wellness, and having more fun and adventure to make sure because a lot of these people go, oh, you know, I started a business. And I go, 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 and one day I'll take vacation. One day I'll go play and have fun. But right now I have to get my business to that million dollar mark or to that whatever that, that goal is they're reaching. And so that's really where we see a gap in that industry and that's that gap we're looking to fill. But we also serve the, the couples in the industry and more specifically, it tends to be more of the brides, but it could be a male or female in this situation where you know, we've got a program we are working on right now for brides that helps them to really just get their shit together for their wedding day. Because sometimes, especially with COVID, their wedding has been rescheduled two, three, four times, depending on, you know, when it was before and depending on where they are in the country. Because as you know, everywhere the country has different rules and regulations as far as how things are rolling out or have rolled out. And so this is for someone who's kind of like, man, they're hanging out with their friends at the bar, drinking or whatever. And then they're like, girl, you getting married. Boy, you getting married, you know, and in a couple months, are you going to fit in your dress? Are you going to fit in your suit? Are you going to fit in your outfit? You know, and they're like, oh, shit, what am I going to do? They would call us and then we would help them in that to get to that experience. Well, that's wonderful. Now, do we put too much emphasis on on the actual wedding itself? Like it's got to be this. It's got to be that. You got to have the right food. You got to do all this stuff, because I always think. And I've told people this, the actual guest at the wedding, right? We, we want to eat, obviously. We want to drink and we want to have a good time. But I always like to say this, wherever the event is held, it doesn't matter if it's at the Waldorf Astoria or if it's at a VFW for me, I'm giving them the same gift. So my point is, is it really necessary to spend fifty dollars to $100,000 on a wedding or could you do it for 5,000 and just have the, a, a nice time. Why, why do we need to go to this extreme where you need a, you know, $5,000 dress and a tux and all, all this stuff? I think we, we go overboard on this because, again, what happens if things don't work out? I mean, do you give the gifts back? I mean, that doesn't usually happen, right? So, so do, no. we, do we go overboard, I think, on a lot of things? I know we do. But what about weddings? I think that this is uh, probably has multiple factors that go into it. So I'll start with my personal uh, experience. So when Jay and I got married, we got married and I think we spent less than two grand on our whole wedding. We got married in Hawaii. I got my dress at Macy's. We got our cakes from Costco. 
you know, we took, we took the, we had, you know, just intermediate family come meet us out there. Um, we took them to a cool build your, build your bowl place. We, we found a photographer, you know, so we, we went a little bit different of a way because that's what fit for us in our lifestyle. And I used to think and believe, and I probably lean more towards that belief, what you were just sharing, like, ah, oh, you know, is it really worth all the extravagance? Um, but since we've been in the wedding industry, I mean, there's a big market for um, these couples getting married for that luxury market, right? For that market, or even like the mid market up to luxury where, you know, people have had this, um, this dream of how they want to get married and think about different cultures too. You know, when you get into like Indian weddings or different cultural weddings, you know, that's a whole different experience. And I think sometimes what drives these weddings is tradition, you know, just the tradition or even the culture of what it is that you want. And even, even if someone has the means, they may want to have a designer dress that's perfectly built to, to their body because we also work with dress designers um, and work with their clients because, once again, the person is paying the designer to make this beautiful dress for them that is specifically for them. And so they want to feel good and amazing in their dress. So I've seen a different side of the industry where... I think parts of it are probably a bit extravagant, but also too, I think it just depends on who the person is, what's important to them, um, where they come from financially, what's the potential pressures from family, from, you know, there's lots of different things. I mean, we have friends who are high-end um, videographers, photographers, planners, who they married down in Miami, um, a baseball player, and his now wife and that wedding was definitely like you know i mean like just just like from an experiential standpoint all the guests are going to remember all those experiences because they had like fire dancers and they had like all kinds of different like you know it was a performance basically and then you know everything about it was really beautiful so i think that i have opened up my mind to be a little bit more accepting and that's my 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 word and my journey to the different ways that people choose to do their wedding because I, I'm more of the practical side. Yeah. Like, why would you want to spend that? I'd rather spend it over here, but also too, it's a huge industry with lots of people who are happy to spend that, that amount of money. Well, I'd be curious to see if any, if there's any statistics that show if you have an extravagant wedding versus the wedding that you had, what, who lasts longer? I don't think there's mm. any, you know, correlation to the, the, the amount of money you spend at a wedding, whether or not the wedding is going to last, right? Yeah, there, the there, there can't be. I mean, I'm sure that you could always pull data to, to show you something, right? Data is always malleable to yeah. show whatever angle needs to be shown. So I'm sure there could be some data pulled together or even some trends that you could, you know, recognize. But I don't feel like that that would be the thing because I think, you know, and going back to how this kind of came up is like, oh, you and Jay have a business together. You know, like how on earth do you do it? And I think the big thing, at least for us, is communication. Communication is the foundation of everything that we do. And we also believe both of us, right? Not just one of us wishes the other would or wouldn't. Like we openly share thoughts, feelings, frustrations, dreams. Like we share it all especially in the business, like, and we work together, like some, one of the things that comes up a lot are different trigger words, because I may say, all right, let's get some work done today. And the tone that I say it, and the energy that I say it and the way that I say it may trigger Jay. And he's like, screw you. I don't want to do work. Yeah. 
Like, I'm not working today. But really, it was just the way that it was delivered because he's not resistant to working. He was maybe resistant to the way that I presented it. And so sometimes I feel like in relationships, whether it's our marriages or our business relationships or work relationships or whatever, we allow our ego to take control in those situations and be like, well, it's got to be my way or the highway. And a lot of that is learned from watching shows on TV and movies or, you know, like learning from the culture scape again. And those ways are not always the healthiest uh, way that helps everybody come to a more positive result or even look at like what's going on right now on social media. Like a lot of people are just like going in for the jugular and just being like relentless and you must listen to my belief and it's this way or no way. And that's not the best way of communication, right? There's like better ways to, and and why that's a lot of extra stress too. Like why would you want to induce all that extra stress and frustration in your own life? Like a lot of that self-induced, that well, people are feeling. We need less stress in our lives. Now, how could they find your podcast and uh, your website? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the website on the description of the episode today so you'll be able to get your website on there. But how do, I, uh, how do we listen to your podcast? Yeah, so the podcast is on all podcast apps. So whatever your favorite place to listen to podcasts, you can find us on there. Um, and it's either The Holistic Life, which is H-O-L-L-A-S-T-I-C, or The Life Adventurous Podcast. And you can find them anywhere, wherever you prefer to listen. And then the website is the number two, the letter J, Hala, H-O-L-L-A dot com. But I'd say if you really want to like tune in to what we're doing, the best place to see about our nomad trip is on Instagram. We're doing reels, stories, posts, like we're, we're sharing that experience. And so that's where the most of where you can connect with us is. And that's the number two underscore the letter J, H-O-L-L-A. Well, I do follow you guys on Instagram, and I, I, I love the, you know, just starting with it. I got to have you do my Instagram page, but that'll be that'll be another topic. Now, you can listen to, you can like Lens Burning Bush on Facebook, at Lens Burning Bush, and you can follow at Lens Burning Bush on Twitter. We have a YouTube channel, um, Len Harvey. You can actually, so the episodes now get uploaded, um, the audio portion, to YouTube as well. Uh, we are on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, iHeartRadio, TuneIn. You can ask Alexa, you know, the whole, the whole. Uh, I try, right? You know, uh, I'm on Stitcher, Pandora, uh, and we, we try to keep uh, going. Done. Uh, this is 59 episodes now. I keep doing it once a week on a, you know, I, I, you know we'll see how it goes, right? That's the way it looks. But, Jenny, thank you so much. It has been a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, our mutual friend, CJ, set us up, and I, I think it's uh, great that uh, you were able to come on and in the midst of everything that you're doing and spend some time. But it's been fantastic. Thank you so much for joining uh, today. Of course. And, guys, go live out your adventure. Find the thing that lights you up and find that thing that brings you more joy. Well, thanks to Jenny Holla. I'm Len Harvey. We'll be back with another episode of Len's Burning Bush next week. So long.